0: Talk to my friend, Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew questions. Allen. As die-hard conservative. I look into this guy for wisdom. Hello, my friends and patriots out there. I just wanted to give you a, a brief update here. <clears throat> I have not... Had a chance to get behind this microphone and do my uh, my show here this week. Um, <coughs> pardon my, my cough. I, um, I've just been under the weather with COVID uh, for about a week here. I'm on the up and up on the mend. I just have not had uh, the energy. And I couldn't rely on my voice long enough here because it's been weak as well uh, uh to, to, to do this program to the to the level that I always aspire to do it. I mean, we've got a lot to get into. I really want to get into more. I just feel that it's a, a better decision uh, to wait uh, until I have my, my full voice back and that I can do the show with the energy and uh, excitement that, that you all deserve. Now, y- you know, I, I'm fine. Uh, you know, I, I've had the flu before. It was very similar, has been very similar to the flu. And, uh, you know, people ask me, oh, well, have you been vaccinated? I'll tell you something interesting. So a buddy of mine out here, uh, we had hung out and uh, with a group of friends last week. And it turns out that he began suffering symptoms uh, just as I had, when I had. And it turns out that my buddy, who's who's fully vaccinated, also came down with, with COVID-19. And so I'm not trying to make a political statement uh, <laughs> at the moment, shockingly, because that's what I do is politics, right? Uh, but just so you know, uh, he suffered the same uh, level of symptoms. Uh, I'd say, you know, fairly heavy, uh, not super mild, uh, fever, fever. Um, Chills, you know, battling between that, uh, aches and pains, and uh, just just being generally lethargic. So, so there you have a case of two individuals, one unvaccinated, and one fully vaccinated, and yet uh, the results were the same for both of us, having uh, come down with uh, with COVID here, the Chinese virus. You know, the one thing I'll say about having COVID, and I'll be honest, you know, I, being a young and healthy person, I. I actually wanted to get COVID. I'm not saying, you know, I went out and, 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 and you know, licked, licked a bunch of tires or something like that, but but I wanted to get it because I wanted robust natural immunity. And I understand science and understand that those are the benefits of having something, especially at a young age, uh, when your risk of, of any kind of serious uh, hospitalization or anything are, are non-existent practically. And so, and so I have. So I can join the Joe Rogan... The Chill Rogan and um, and uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers crowd here of, of robust natural immunity. Uh, one thing that, that did occur to me, just to continue along this sh- brief update before I sign off here, is as I've kind of laid in bed and, and been recovering here and not feeling well, of course, the thought never occurred to me to blame Joe Biden for being sick, to blame anybody for getting sick because getting sick is something we deal with from the moment uh, we're born into this world and it's something we have to deal with until the moment we leave this earth, ultimately, whenever that day may come. And it just made me think about the reaction throughout the Donald Trump years and his presidency there, uh, that final year, I suppose you could call it. Uh, When, you know, March of 2020 came around and you had the hysteria by the propagandist media and Democrats who said that Donald Trump had had blood on his hands, that he was somehow responsible for every covid death. And it just made me realize how sick and deranged and twisted these individuals who think this way actually are actually are to think that as if death and disease didn't begin until covid all of a sudden with covid. Oh, Trump. Trump's responsible for it. You know, if if anything, uh, if I was to be angry at somebody, I'd be upset at Dr. Fauci, and I'd be upset at the Communist Chinese Party and the Wuhan lab for giving us another virus that didn't have to be here. Uh, and, and so that's where my anger would lie. But it would not be at, at Donald Trump, certainly, and it's not at anything else, because, you know, I'm a realist, and I'm not filled with absolute hatred and uh, a moral depravity uh, to sit here and take a situation like this and try and condemn, you know, some individual who had no part in it whatsoever. And so that went through my mind throughout this process. But we, we've got a lot to get to uh, at another time. And, and, and really, the, the theme that's been on my mind has been the moral depravity uh, spreading across this nation. You can see it with a Kyle Rittenhouse... Um, uh, th- this is the, uh, the COVID brain, I suppose, the, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. You can see the depravity of that prosecutor. You can see the depravity and amorality and abject hatred from the left who is threatening once again violence and protest in the streets if they don't get a, a guilty verdict against Kyle Rittenhouse who committed no crime at all. He committed the right... He, he, he used his rights to self-defense, and of course, constitutionality in the eyes of the left is, is verboten and outlawed now, and so his Second Amendment right and, and, and numerous other rights are under attack here. And of course, if you look at the, uh, the coward and hate-filled individual from Hollywood there, again, uh, Baldwin, right, Alec Baldwin, uh, he's guilty of murdering someone on set. He's guilty of murdering someone on set. And, of course, uh, the left will will twist themselves into pretzels to come to his defense, blame it on someone else. How could it have have passed the checks and gotten into his hands and so on and so forth? They'll go out of their way to defend Alec Baldwin. But when it comes to an individual, uh, a young kid who was actually chased through the streets, chased through the streets, had a gun, loaded gun, shoved in his face, and defended himself. Well, they want that man, that young man, to, to die, rot in a prison cell, cell, or, uh, or certainly uh, get the death penalty. The death penalty that they oppose, uh, they have no reservations with calling for it when it comes to their political opposition. Conservatives, Republicans, people who oppose uh, uh, BLM, Antifa, and these new tenants of the militant left— And uh, we'll see what happens with that case. But the Second Amendment seems to be on trial more than anything else, if you've watched it. Um, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to address that uh, coming up soon. Uh, But there's a whole host of things going on. Uh, We have the Danchenko indictment, um, of course, which goes back to the the Steele dossier. And it proves what we've known all along, um, that Hillary Clinton... You know, when, she, when it was discovered that she was using an illegal server in her home, well, using uh, Perkins Coy Law Firm, uh, which was employed by uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC, well, they hired Fusion GPS, who then reached out to uh, uh, Steele, uh, you know, the, the fake uh, 007 agent MI6. You know, they tried to paint him like he was James Bond, but Christopher Steele, and Christopher Steele composed, I believe it was a 35-page, some odd uh, dossier, you know, that was full, replete with, with absolute lies about, for example, Donald Trump uh, and the famous PP tape, you know, where he went to Obama uh, a, a suite in a hotel in Moscow, uh, and he, um, you know, engaged in um, some, some PP behavior uh, with some prostitutes on the bed just to get back at Obama because he hated Obama so much. And, of course, none of this was corroborated. It turns out the FBI knew this was uh, all fallacious to begin with. It was initially began as a distraction uh, to divert attention away from Hillary Clinton, who had actually committed a real crime. And then, of course, the Democrats took off with this and carried on this Russia collusion lie. Well, what's important about the Danchenko indictment, and look, my hopes are not super high that this goes where it needs to go, which would, of course, end with an indictment of Hillary Clinton herself. Um, We're realists. I I don't see the likelihood of that. Uh, But what this does prove is that the Democrat Party is amoral and vile. Um, Treason is not above them. Uh, Cheating in the 2020 election is certainly not above them. There is nothing they will not do to preserve their positions of power in Washington, D.C. and this nation. They're willing to destroy this nation for their own power. What power would remain uh, when they destroy this nation's economy and drive it into the ground? I don't understand. That's a bizarre point to me. But I guess when you're so power hungry, uh, you cannot see clearly in front of you. Uh, uh, Obviously, rationality is out the window. But Christopher Steele used one individual, Danchenko, who was a Russian, uh, used this individual named Danchenko. Uh, as his main source for all these stories. And Danchenko lied to the FBI something like five times. Uh, So he's guilty of lying to the FBI five different times, making up conversations that didn't happen. Uh, uh, And and basically the end result of this is that nothing in that entire dossier was founded on actual evidence or true. It was all uncorroborated. It was all unverified. It was all a lie, and the Democrat Party knew it. The FBI knew it. A little pencil neck, uh, Adam Schiff, knew it. And yet it didn't stop him and the Democrat Party apparatus and the propagandist media from going on TV and uh, pursuing the Mueller investigation and everything else, spending tens of millions of dollars on this phony, uh, uh, invented uh, conspiracy theory of Russia collusion. This is a very, very dangerous time for our democracy. And what I'm afraid of is that if there are not repercussions soon, the American people will find fit to start thinking of replacing their government because uh, justice is no longer dead. The American people are no longer served by our constitutional system when an entire party and a Washington, D.C. establishment ignore the Constitution. One thing I've remarked and thought about recently that is so precarious to me is that If you think about the Revolutionary War and the Founding Fathers, the tyranny they experienced in their lifetimes that drove them to a Revolutionary War, well, it was far less than the tyranny we're experiencing today under our current government. And the Constitution is not something that can be violated until an election is won and then someone has the, the principle to stop violating it. That's not how it works. And that's the problem right now, is we're living in a time in which these desp- despots are acting like monarchs. We have Nancy Pelosi going uh, to that billionaire's wedding in San Francisco, the Getty family, without a mask on her face. We see this time and time again, this, this attitude of just disgust towards we the people, the normal Joe, the schmucks out here that are making this economy run, that are trying to live our lives freely. And we're under attack when we speak up. They're trying to silence us more and more. They're attacking us viciously. Anything to serve the narrative, right? And that's what the Rittinghouse through line is here with that trial. Here you have a story they tried to, to, to tell early on, about a uh, white supremacist. A white supremacist who murdered a bunch of individuals who was reckless. You know, a reason why we shouldn't have a Second Amendment right because he had an AR-15 and he killed people even though we know he was, he was defending himself. And by the way, uh, these individuals uh, that, 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 that died because he defended himself, they were trying to kill him and do him bodily harm and injury. Well, one was a pedophile. I just thought you'd like to know. But the left, of course, is calling for, you know, Kyle Rittinghouse uh, to rot in prison uh, for the rest of his life. You won't hear anywhere that an uh, a actual pedophile was one of the people chasing him through the streets trying to kill him. But this is where we are. Ends justifies the means. And so the, the left is, is willing to do away with facts once again. They're willing to destroy a young man's life because the narrative of white supremacy and, anti, and, and getting rid of the Second Amendment is more important than any kind of actual justice, any kind of righteousness or morality. So that's where we are. That's kind of the State of the Union. Um, as, a, as an anecdote to close here that has nothing to do with politics whatsoever, um, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV. And in fact, not until recently did I... Did my wife and I get a TV again? We went with that one for about a year. And um, <laughs> and so, you know, being sick and laying on the couch or whatever I was, you know, I tried to find a new show to watch. And I found myself watching Downton Abbey and enjoying it tremendously, by the way. Uh, but it's funny. I had tried to watch it before. And sometimes the circumstances just have to be just right that you can actually settle in. And get involved in something. And I got involved in that. But I thought Downton Abbey was supposed to be a comedy. This won't mean anything to you if you haven't seen it. But it's certainly not a comedy. It's uh, extremely dramatic. (laughs) Extremely dramatic. Uh, Takes place over a long period of time. I haven't finished the entire series yet. Uh, But I went into this thing thinking I was going to watch a comedy. Uh, But found myself engulfed nonetheless in a a, a great drama. And a, a great story. But anyway, I just want to give you an update on, on my health and where I've been. I thought I owed it to you. Um, and uh, I'm going to get back here soon, um, as soon as I can. Uh, I'm on the up and up again. You know, tomorrow I, I may feel perfect and be able to, to, to keep up this uh, for the full hour. Um, and if not, I'll certainly, you know, uh, be back hopefully by Friday. But, but I'm almost there. And I just want to thank you for your patience and for those of you that, that have reached out and wondered uh, what was going on or, or, or when the next podcast would be released. Uh, I really appreciate um, your interest. Uh, in me and also this show, and, and, and depending on me in some small way for, for, for what I have to offer here in the political world. But I just want to say God bless you all, and, um, and we'll talk soon.